Hello and welcome to a new episode of the State of the Net podcast. I'm Paolo Valdemarin. And I'm Ewan Semple. And this is episode one of the new year. <laughs> I mean, for those of you who will be listening here in the future, this is uh, Monday the 23rd of March 2020. I don't know if humanity will ha have survived, but if you can hear this, probably somebody's still running a server somewhere. <laughs> I love the story that was going around of... Uh... It's 2053 and it's it's a big day for John. He he finally gets to use the last toilet roll that his mum bought in 2020. <laughs> yeah, I I had I I just finished one roll and I had this little ceremony when I I've, I've never been <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to know what the ceremony was, Paolo. I, I I've never been so conscious of having this little piece of cardboard and say, "Oh my god, <laughs> you know, one down, eight to go." <laughs> I know. Yeah, it doesn't bear thinking about, it, does it? I thought you were going to say that this was a new era in the sense that I'm recording on uh, my iPad on Ferrite. Yeah, you're for the right. First time. You're so right. If, I... if listeners notice any difference, it's, if I'm even less intelligible than normal, that, that's that's why. But you know, it, we have to compromise. I think that we the the challenges that we all have to find. Indeed. Well, it's been it's been really interesting watching you know, possibly the biggest ever influx into the online world in some respects, certainly in terms of the number of people who are, in some cases, for the first time, I guess, working remotely and, you know, just... And also just that... I thought you meant to, the people who, for the first time, become experts at the at, at the topic they have no idea about. <laughs> well, there's, that, there's also the, uh, you know, it could be accused of being ambulance chasing, just the number of posts you see about, you know, five top tips for working from home. And... Uh, but I'm, I'm not as harsh as I might be because I know it's probably freelancers like me who are desperately trying to fill the gaps that have just been left by every bit of booked work they have disappearing overnight. Yeah, I mean, we have been working from home for the last eight days and um, it doesn't really make a huge difference to us, especially considering that some of my team, you know, they're in India and Switzerland and Italy all mm -hmm. around. Um but it does it does make you a little bit more conscious the fact that you know we used to have zoom calls with eight people now we have zoom calls with 15 Ooh, or more because everybody's working yeah. from home and it's uh it's interesting because it gives you i mean you're connected to somebody's house and you know they are in this which usually is a private mm. environment and um uh, I mean, there is a whole new etiquette, you yeah. know, it's, it's, I was tempted to ask them to show me around. It's like, you know, show me your room, but then I didn't because you said, yeah, maybe it's their room. Why the, why should they show yeah, it to I me? Know. Right. I know. And it's funny, you know, watching my wife adjusting as well. And she's relatively new at a job and just the, the manifestation of office politics in an online world and just wondering why somebody said the thing they said and, in a way that's not so it amplifies that nervousness which isn't the case when you're all in the office at the same time yeah i guess as if you're in the if you're in the same room there is also a certain amount of uh, unspoken communication that mm -hmm. that happens that uh, i mean suddenly you're out of context so you know, you're never sure. Are you? Am I bothering somebody yes. if I ask them yes. to talk, or or is it is it everybody sitting there waiting for somebody to yeah. call? It's. Uh, I think it's interesting, and it, but at the same time, I find it very 
curious how we are evolving very rapidly in the sense that you know new protocols oh, totally, are established totally. new ways of doing things are especially now that we're forced into yeah. this is actually quite well, interesting and you know always being half full rather than half empty one of the upsides of this is going to be uh not just we get rid of all the old people oh sorry well yeah apart from that and solving the pension problem but we um <laughs> you know there's the, the whole thing of watching sort of watching evolution happening you know and just even just today i noticed that the use of the heart button in in facebook sort of morphing from just being love this to being passing on you know sending love to you sort of thing yeah i saw i saw that comment uh, uh, i i saw that you posted it actually that's how i've always used it Right. Okay. So, well, again, maybe it's just my my network, but I've definitely seen it begin to change a little bit. And, you know, I've been so uh, heartened. I mean, even just today, somebody who I don't know in real life, as it were, I've only connected with them online, uh, knew that my parents used to live in a small town in Scotland called Straven, and she lives nearby in another small town called Stonehouse. And she just reached out and said, are your mum and dad still at home? In which case, I'm dropping stuff off for my mum and dad. I could do the same for yours, you know? And just huge amounts of that reaching out um, and people just being aware of, you know, some of us are used to this, as you say, and being a grumpy old sod, I'm quite happy being on my own. Um, but I've got other friends who I know, um, well, not my own, I've got a house full of the bloody family, but, you know, it's uh, it's not unusual for me. But it, it, I know friends who are genuinely struggling with being on their own and missing the connections and the social chat and but it's just, it's nice watching people reaching out to help them. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, I've been, uh, I've been living essentially alone for most of the time for in the last five years. Mm -hmm. And I've never had so many connections last Saturday. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there, uh, for me, spending the whole weekend only speaking with Siri was not uncommon. <laughs> And uh, and actually on Saturday I heard from my cousin in Australia. I've heard from friends in Italy and here. I mean, yeah. and it's good. I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining about yeah. it. I mean, we're all going to be, go back to being grumpy bastards when this is over. Well, but, will we? Uh, will we? I've, being... I've had people saying that, and it, and it's funny. Just even this afternoon, my daughter and I went out for a walk locally, and um, you know, because we live in the middle of the countryside, and the chances of seeing anybody never mind getting within two meters of them are slim but the the absence of the airplanes was past remarkable um much much less traffic on the roads and it may just have been my imagination the fact that it was a very bright sunny day but it did seem as if the air was clearer and i think there are some and there's obviously been those spoof stories about the dolphins in venice but uh, i think there are clearly upsides in terms of uh our impact on the planet. I saw a lovely Facebook meme that was going around that said, uh, you know, we've been whinging about how hard it is to change our behaviours to prevent global warming. Um, here's a virus. Practice. <laughs> yeah, I think that it is... Uh, I wonder how long does this have to last for, you know, mm. habits to become consolidated? Well, and you know, I, I, had a, to... I had a possibly unacceptable thought the other day there. This, what is an unacceptable thought? And I'm wary of even mentioning it but when there was optimism about it maybe not lasting as long as it might have done i to say i feel dis felt disappointed is totally wrong but i sort of thought oh god it'd be a shame if it all just disappeared quickly and we all just shrugged it off as if nothing had happened or nothing has changed 
I guess it, it all boils down to what is going to happen to the economy in the meanwhile. Something I realized uh, over the last few days, it was like I was aware of it, but never really thought about it. It's that I come from a country which is a big producer of food. Mm -hmm. We produce a lot of food and we export a lot of food. Now I move to a country which is a big importer of food. (laughs) And suddenly when stuff stops moving around, maybe I was better off on the other side of the border. And I've banged on for a long time about how fragile the whole just-in-time food infrastructure is. It doesn't take much for it to fall over. But in in any case, no, I I see what you mean. It's um, if this lasts long enough, or at least it, you know, maybe just parts of this will last long enough. Um, you know, we might, you know, services might start coming back, but maybe you know the whole working from home. Mm-hmm. What's the problem about mm-hmm. it? I'm sure that a lot of companies will embrace it mm-hmm. because it just makes sense. It's cheaper. You have more time. Yeah, but somebody said it, it reveals all those meetings that should have been an email. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I think that this will last. And if we, if we, especially in the scenario where we are going to start doing this on and off for the next 18 months, mm-hmm. I mean, that's plenty of time for people to change their mm-hmm. ways. Not just the, so I did a post about how, you know, people are talking about a big reset. And I was saying, well, it's not, ever a big anything it's a collection of lots and lots and lots of little things um, that's how change always happens and that that as individuals how we even just how we're reacting as a family is interesting and just being a bit more um, kind towards each other you know not taking for granted some of the exchanges is is interesting and just in terms of your own expectations of life not being the way you expect it to and getting cross and grumpy and bent out of shape. But you can't afford to do that when you don't have any chances to, to do anything about it, you know? So in the in sense of the other sort of stuff we talk about sometimes on the podcast about just personal uh, perspectives and behaviours, that again for me is quite exciting. It's just making, forcing people to, to look inward rather than outward for solutions. What I hope is that... Uh... A lot of people being forced at home and to some degree forced online because there is nothing else to do will start doing better in terms of managing feeds of information Mm. because it can be quite overwhelming because it's it's everywhere i mean it's uh there has been a earthquake in uh, croatia a couple of days ago all right and uh, you didn't know, right? No, because nobody's talking about no. it. No, no. And it's—I uh, mean, it was—it was strong enough that actually my in-laws in Trieste heard the shaking. Oh my goodness! They felt—they felt it. Wow! And um, I went to the on the I think on the website of the Guardian to you know find some more information about it, and there was nothing. I mean, I scrolled down, and there was a. You know, coronavirus, 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 mm-hmm. and uh, and that was uh, and that was it. And it, it yeah. was uh, it was quite, you know, 
disturbing to some degree to to say you know this is something happened i mean apparently nobody died but there were some uh, major or, or maybe one person died but it's, it's not been super bad but you know they are in the middle of the same crisis we are into can you imagine you know first everybody has to say in and now everybody has to say out but they <laughs> need to stay at least two meters yeah. apart i mean can you imagine the layering of the, of the tragedy and in fact nobody's talking about it well here, and the fact that you're so right f- i mean it makes us realize just how filtered the news media it well many of us have realized this for a while but you know it's just making it more apparent how filtered it is you're right and also just the perspective of you know even down to trump talking about the chinese virus um we should pay a pen. There should be a, there should be a, a penalty box that I have to put money in every time we mention Trump on this podcast. But you know that there was somebody talking about not a more sensible comment about the choice we're making in a sense to put our economies at risk with massive ongoing consequence for the sake of X number of lives, and that the attempt to save those people is. A, inevitably going to compromise and possibly kill other people who've got other things wrong with them who can't get into hospitals because of the virus and you know is interesting just statistics how unreliable the statistics are about this what we collectively decide to do or don't mean and what we do or don't do about it you know it's it's fascinating what i'm hoping is that uh, more people will learn to cope with this will learn to start managing you know after the initial overdose i've already started to notice people saying all right i'll, I'll just won't follow yeah. the news anymore i'll do it in a different way and it's uh, i think that uh, they are pumping so much stuff right now through the information channels uh, and it's not good quality mm. information because it's really just the same thing repeated again and again and again and again just to grab a little bit of, yeah. of attention that I mean, some people will just freak out, but I think that some will just say, all right, mm-hmm. enough, and uh, and start doing much better in terms of, you know, how they're dealing with And it's with got things. that sort of residual guilt still, hasn't it? You know, that, that well, I should be listening to the news, it's important and all that sort of stuff. But I always remember Loic Lemur saying that if the news is important, it will find its way to me. And, you know, I think that's increasingly apparent that if you're in a, a network of people that are relevant to you, you've got similar challenges and fears to you, then it will, you know, news gets around quite quickly and we're getting better at deciding what's, you know, real news and what's not. Well, what what I hope is that people will also become a little bit more careful about uh, understanding what they see before commenting. And uh, I, I, I noticed on Don't. your, <laughs> I know, I know on your Facebook page today... <laughs> and we probably can't talk about it, but well, we do, we're not naming okay, so names. Let me tell the story. But... There was a, a funny video of somebody getting hold of various groceries, and and it was done in a Mancunian accent. And I suppose you had to listen to the end of it. Um, but this friend of mine just replied and said, "Success," and I thought, "Does she think it was me that was doing this thing?" And so I just said. Um, made some comments and come back and said, no, it was just nice all these people reaching out to help you. And she clearly just hadn't got the joke. And if other she hadn't reached the end of the video or whatever. So I just posted a couple of question marks in response as my brain went numb. 
and I've almost had as many people laughing at my two question marks as the original video. But it's just, you know, symptomatic of a problem, I think, Paolo. Yeah, I think that uh, exactly. But uh, to be honest, I, I do that all the time. I mean, I... I skim an email or I watch a part of a video, I decide what the rest of the video is about or the rest mm. of the email yeah, is about true. and I react yeah. to that. I mean, I think we all yeah. do that probably because we just, we have so much stuff we need to process that we we need to. And I mean, in this case, you just exposed, uh, it, was a, it was funny because it happened yeah. in this situation, but... Uh, it was it was just a symptom of that. I mean, your friend watched the video and decided what the yes. video was about, regardless of the fact that the, it was <laughs> not. You know, the first impression was what really struck, and everything else. You know, so true. I think that it is part of us being human. Mm-hmm. Actually, even if you think about how the brain works, what we see. Actually, oh, totally. the, the most of what we see is post-processed, is stuff made up by yeah. the brain that has decided that this is what yeah. we're actually seeing, interpolating a very small amount of information actually coming from our eyes. And uh, this translates very directly to, you know, what is happening today on the internet. You know, you, you, you just see something and you decide that this is something. You, you very quickly need yeah. to make a judgment. And, and of course... A vast majority of, of time we are right right vast majority of time it's a good call but sometimes it's not and then it becomes uh, funny or sad or or something else i think that it's all about uh, and and this is a topic that you know we, we cover all the time but i think that i hope to see is people being a little bit more in the mm-hmm. moment about uh, you know what is happening so that even if you're processing a, a, a feed you're always doing that in the context of what is happening to you and not in you know what happened in the past or you know what might happen in the future and i think it's, this is more important today than totally and, and i said of skills that can be learned and practiced and yeah because i was just reading a book about some some of the many ways in which current neuroscience is is reasserting things that have been around since Buddhism, but about the left frontal lobe. So it's, it's you know, I've in the past talked about, you know, the frontal lobes being the conscious bit of the brain that's retrofitting sense-making to, to previously made decisions. But it's actually the left frontal lobe, apparently, that's, that's determined to make sense of things. And with people who've had their two halves of their brain severed for whatever reason, um, it will just make up all sorts of crap just to make sense. You know, in complete contrast to what's actually happening around the person whose, whose brain is responding. Um, <clears throat> so it's kind of out of control. And, and they reckon that's where the, the ego, that's where the self sits. You know, as, as I called it the other day, this little thing that sits on your shoulder talking shit in your ears all day. Um, and you're right. I think this is, again, a sense of optimism for me is the, is the number of people who are beginning to understand this and realise this. And, you know, there's the, there's the double whammy, but if that's true, then none of us are in control, so none of us can get better at it anyway. Um, but I think it's, just, it's really interesting because I don't increasingly, I increasingly find free will problematic. But I do think that for whatever reasons, one ends up in a position where you can develop an inclination, and it, even that inclination is perhaps not even in our control. But collectively, 
we appear to be heading in larger numbers towards an understanding of how this works. Or not. <laughs> I think that... I think that probably, I mean, most definitely in our little circle, you, you, you do have the feeling there is more attention, more uh, people trying to figure out, people trying to, you know, do it on themselves or, you know, try to change behavior or, or, you know, even simple. I, mean, I find myself all the time in these days asking people, are you right for real? Like, you know, think about, because, you know, you keep talking with people, they are concerned, they have problems, they are scared. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you ask it, okay, think, how are you in this moment? Yes. I mean, you're yes. fine, right? You're yes. warm, you ate, you're sitting in a nice room, you have the internet, you're fine, you're just fine. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and, and it's interesting because actually a few people actually sort of realized it, said, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. But I, I think that, I mean, I don't want to stretch the metaphor too much, but something I was thinking this morning is that um, if you look at the evolution of, of this disease, it somehow, it, it almost feels like countries, whole population had the same this is not happening to me, this is happening to somebody else, so that mm -hmm. is irrelevant. I mean, it feels like, you know, Italy did not felt what was happening to China until it started happening mm -hmm. to them. And uh, the rest of Europe did not feel what happened to you, it was, was happening in Italy until, you know, now it starts happening to mm -hmm. us here. And it's, uh, you know, it's a side of, of you know, not really being present, not be, be, being living in living in the head, in living your in the story. Own, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, living in your in your own story that that makes you think that you know we're not all humans, we're not all mm -hmm. the same, or not all. I mean, the one that fascinates me is that we're not part of nature, that we're not part of life, and of course, the viruses they were here before we were, and the interconnectedness of the ecosphere and, and pretending, you know, barriers, you know, viruses scoff at barriers, you know, they don't mean anything, the country borders or whatever. Um, Something I read uh, earlier today was uh, somebody discussing how the language we use about to describe this and we use the and we use war mm -hmm. as, as a metaphor and, and we're saying it's not a war you know we're not at we're not at war with somebody mm -hmm. else there is not some evil even the way trump is describing like the evil chinese virus i mean the virus is not evil <laughs> the virus is just it a part of nature right <laughs> it uh, it doesn't care at all I mean, no the virus does not care. This virus. <laughs> so for for us hating the yeah. virus, it's I mean the virus doesn't care. So, so that's so, virus... that's so that's going back to the whole thing about um, stories and narratives and morals and you know so a lot of the things I'm reading these days are about how until we're about two, you just have this sort of unblemished, connected experience of life you know you're just part of it and there's no sense of separate you and then you get called your name and it gets repeated and you begin to think oh maybe there's this thing going on inside that's called you and or whatever and then you begin to build the stories around it well i am a or i am like 
And then you do that on a, you know, family, village, global, you know, country, global scale. And all of a sudden, all these, you know, these made up stories that are made on the basis of, as you said earlier, partially filtered, partially perceived, conditioned responses to stuff that actually in this moment has no impact on you whatsoever. (laughs) And all of that is what causes our problems. I guess that, you know, we wouldn't be here chatting on the internet if there weren't story, shared stories that pretty much define humanity. I mean, we might be happier and we might be chatting, you know, or we might be... We'd just, we'd just be so connected that we wouldn't need any, any other means, Paolo. We would just know what we both thought. <laughs> yeah, all right. But let's say that... Uh, let's call this plan B, okay? <laughs> this is where we are. And I, I think that it is useful to to use stories to help people process information, to, yeah. you know, to even to some degree to deal with feelings. I guess that the challenge is uh, how you are aware of the fact that uh, these are stories. So as long as you are aware of, you know, you're watching a movie, you you feel emotions, it's it's good, it's interesting, it's exciting, but then the movie's over and you move on. You you don't think that the movie was you. I guess that if we were able to leave more stories this way, it would be probably better for all of us. And I'm wondering how much what is happening today and how connected we are through the internet is going to have an impact. Oh, on this. For, for sure. And, and so the reason I went down on that ramble of the individual growing up and having all those narratives is that once you once you've constructed that mechanism, if you like, you then have things like religions raising their head and attempts to manage the stories or control the stories and you end up with moral codes and all those things. And all of those are are, main, are, are maintaining the sense of separateness in some sense. Um, that's why you have retributive justice and because there's a moral blame. And But if there's a if free will is a is a a myth, then nothing that happens is anybody's fault. Um, it doesn't mean you don't hold them accountable for it, and it doesn't mean you don't sanction people and take them out of your societies to protect the vulnerable. But it sort of takes all that baggage of right and wrong and good and bad. And you know, one of the things that again is this very interesting about this is in a globally connected network facing a globally connected pandemic this t- taking sides <laughs> and deciding who's right and wrong is just stupid i'm i find very curious how in in you know my two countries were dealing very differently with the social separation and how and okay here in the uk we're probably about two weeks behind italy so in italy they started the like the total lockdown exactly to uh, tomorrow is two weeks ago and um, the way they did it was just by literally making it illegal to leave your house and there is police going around stopping people asking for papers now 
I saw the, the the data that they published. Actually, it looks like it's less than five percent of people that are not okay. They are not authorized to be out. So, it would really it looked like most Italians are following mm-hmm. the rules. Um, here there is this moral suasion approach mm-hmm. of uh, you know the prime minister said that you know we ne- well it it really sounded a bit pissed yesterday so i'm not sure how long this is going to continue but for the time being it just recommending people to stay home recommending people to be responsible but uh, nobody is uh, making anything illegal nobody is prescribing mm-hmm. anything and uh, it's full of people mm-hmm. everywhere <laughs> i mean Literally, yesterday, the parks were full of people. I mean, I look out of the window, there's still plenty of people yeah, walking yeah. around and they're not going somewhere. Use, I mean, they're not going just to buy food. They're just walking the yeah. dog or just chatting with a friend. And uh, it's, you know, I, I you really, it, it's interesting how you get to the point where you start thinking, you know, where it, Where's a good old police state when you need one? <laughs> I do. You know, it's uh, it's. Uh, I'm completely in favor of the let's treat everybody as adults. And and probably one of the things I like about this country compared to Italy is that you have much more the feeling that uh, people we are all treated mm-hmm. like adults. We're all given responsibility and then let, left free to make decisions. Mm-hmm. But apparently only 24% of people in the UK are following the rules closely, according to a, I don't know how much believable survey I read early today. And you start to think, okay, there is a, you know, in a situation like this one where, you know, I think that people, there is a lot of maths that people had forgotten about that is coming back. Mm. And it, it is starting to become relevant right because it's five percent don't follow the rule is is one thing is 75 percent of people don't follow the rule is completely different like in yeah. terms of dead bodies in a hospital yeah. and uh yeah i think it's we live in an interesting time where and i guess that the problem is that there is no there is no history in this country of uh you know any kind of police state or no dictatorship no. so no. i think that uh, I, I i'm not sure which is a consequence of which but i'm starting to be a little bit concerned about what's going on here because it is saying okay i'm here i haven't left i've, I've left my flight a couple of times in the last nine days uh, but it's it might not be good enough if not enough other people do this no i'm, I'm the same i mean we as i said we went for a walk in the countryside but we're, we're in the middle of a field but um, very few trips I've had about the house, and just to get shopping, you know, and and like you, kind of stunned at the number of people walking around chatting in the streets as if there was nothing happening. And again, this is creating all kind of, uh, you know, in uh, in Italy, even with what appears to be a very small number of people violating rules. Uh, what is going viral are videos of uh, Italian. I don't know if you saw it. Oh yes, yeah, so it's right. it, it of Italian mayors freaking out. Is it real? Uh, but they 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 appear to be authentic. They, they appear to be yeah. actual mayors of towns around Italy complaining with their citizens. And that, and that in itself is interesting. Watching Macron, for instance, 
getting pretty grumpy with the French people. And you think, oh, I'm not sure if grumpy works, you know? It just provokes a reaction. So it's, 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 I don't envy them at all. And, and it's yet another reason, you know, we all wanted to move to New Zealand already. But the fact that she's managed to close all the borders and it might be the only country left standing at the end of all of this is going to make it even more popular, isn't it? I mean, yeah, we should have moved earlier. Than we should. It might be too late now. Everybody will want to go to move to New Zealand. We can just as well stay here. <laughs> That's right, and then they'll all move. And, yeah, you're right. You're right. Now, if we can get everybody to move to Australia, I think, that would be... There's plenty of, There's plenty of space. Plenty of space, plenty exactly. Of space. Yeah. In a weird way, exciting. Oh, I think it's very exciting. I mean, I think that we are seeing stuff that, you know, we, we have not seen for generations. Yeah. Because, um, you know, if you think even in the recent... It, this is nothing compared to, you know, 9-11 or, you know, big economic crisis. I mean, none of those events had such a reach as this one. No. And... Uh, I think it is revealing things about the nature of people and countries that uh, it's basically forcing through a number of mm. changes that, mm. you know, whether you like it or not, now are going to happen. And uh, so, yeah. given that I'm... The old, the old truism of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger has never been more appropriate. Yes, absolutely. And it's, it, it is going to be a very interesting ride. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're going to get out of this better than the way we got in. Yeah. My father works with uh, companies in China all the time. And uh, a friend of his was uh, sending him a box of batteries or something that he needed. And uh, and she said, I'm going to put some masks in the box now. Hmm. And, uh, you know, now there is this kind of connection between yeah. China and yeah, yeah. Italy um, which is interesting you say you know we are we are suffering the same things we're living the same experience totally, totally. And, and, and again you're just watching a video of a bunch of a whole plane load of Cuban doctors arriving in Italy you know because Cuba's just got despite America trying to trying to drag it to its knees it's got an incredible education system and apparently a very high standard of medical education um, so a whole bunch of them have just arrived in Italy. And, and just the thought of all these clever, clever microbiologists all around the world working really hard to come to an answer that, that you know, as Jeff Jarvis said the other day, would struggle to do so without the internet as well. You know, that, that level of immediate connectivity and shareability and even some of the econo economic impacts and what we do about those, the uh, uh, opportunity for shared learning... And, you know, it's, again, it's hard to see that this won't have an impact on... You know, the very fact that America is sort of considering universal basic income, who would have thought America would turn socialist under under Donald Trump, you know? I mean, I, I think that we should think for a second how much the internet is keeping us still together. Yeah. I mean, if this same thing would have happened 20 years ago... We would have been back to the Middle Ages in a couple of weeks. Yes, and the, yeah. I mean, think how much how much of the world is still working today because of the internet. Yeah, I mean, we've given it for granted, but it's it's amazing. I've actually, 
I, I mean, okay, I, I was aware that it's a good thing that probably will will stay around for a while. But <laughs> I mean, think think the think how much. I mean, it's not just for research for people to keep working, people can touch. Basically, most society is still working because the internet exists. Yes, and and also, I mean, the you know, in the Middle Ages, the the. Fear and you know, with people go on about the internet spreading misinformation and fear and whatever else. Mm, yeah, but in the old days, there was no countermeasure to superstition, and and things like this was just were just coming out of the blue. There was no explanation for them. There was no understanding of it, and so it was attributed to all sorts of woo woo. In the Middle Ages, all you had was fake news. <laughs> it was the only kind of information I had Much was of it fake news from the church. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So all you get was fake news. I mean, these yeah, days totally. you get plenty of fake news, but also some of the other news. Totally, and an ability to build sense make you know to to collective sense making and and shared responses to things and. Um, a sort of sense of not you know paradoxically a sense of not being alone. I have a few friends who have been working with the data sets that are available mm -hmm. and doing charts and studying and sharing ideas. And, you know, let's forget for a second that actually these data sets are not exactly a very good starting point to understand reality because they tend to be... All over the shop at the moment. Yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, at the same time, I love the effort of trying to... Because I've... You know, I, I, I'm doing that too. I, I download these big tables and then you import them and do little charts. But I love the collaboration coming out and people yeah. trying to make sense of this or trying yeah. to find signs. And I'm sure that, you know, none of us is an expert. We're just, uh, you know, almost plain. But the effort in trying to understand things better is, uh, is refreshing. And even back to something you said at the, at the beginning of... Ma maintaining the health of your information networks. That's this is teaching people a lot. I mean, one of my family shared something the other day there that that was in fact pucker, but people weren't sure, and were checking it out sort of thing, and then just coming back and questioning the sources of it. And that's all a huge education learning curve that we're going through at the moment of being responsible for what you take in and what you put back out again and again this is something we've talked about in the podcast a lot but we currently have millions of people working out that that's an important thing to do but lives depend on it literally i think that what we are seeing is that uh, there is going to be a growing minority of people becoming much better online and in processing information and helping each other which mm -hmm. is fantastic i guess that uh, let's hope that as usually happened in history this minority will be able somehow to manage the majority yeah. or just out of the bloody park but even if it stays you know again we've talked about this this isn't isolated there's a whole bunch of elements of an old way of looking at the world that are crumbling at the moment and this will make us react and respond faster and better to some of those challenges you know when it becomes really clear that your media is broken when it becomes really clear that you and i'm not you know i know people get jumpy when you they think you're saying we'll just throw away our government systems you know, we're not we're not saying that they're kind of falling apart anyway 
it's not a destructive thing. It's more an opportunity that if you're under this much stress and pressure, then you start to work really hard and learn really quickly. And like I say, it's not just going to be a response to this virus that we get out of this. It will, I think, hope, hope, change all sorts of aspects of how, how civilization operates. Yeah, let's hope. I mean, it's I'm slightly puzzled around... We all have politicians we're not exactly huge fans of mm-hmm. uh, in government. On the other hand, I'm thinking nobody would want to have that job oh, no. right now. Yeah. And some of them are really impressive. I mean, some of the civil servants are, are, are really impressive. But to be honest, even some of the politicians, I mean, even yeah, the leadership yeah. is, is like, you know, nobody, I think Boris Johnson wanted, <laughs> wanted to be <laughs> in this situation, let alone the Italian yeah. prime minister. Yet they find themselves having to deal with this. And to yeah. be honest, I think they're trying their best to, to you know, yeah, do whatever, totally. whatever is necessary for a country. Totally. I mean, even, even you know, in, in America, except for the president that I think is hopeless, but there, there, there is a group of very smart people involved yeah. there trying to, to figure out things. So yeah, yeah. let's hope that it, we'll be able to do a second episode in the new year. <laughs> That's a good note to end on, I reckon, Paolo. Well, this is a bit of a long one, but, uh, you know, you, 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 you all have time. You've got nothing else to do with your time. <laughs> Exactly. So just shut up and recommend this to your friends. <laughs> um, thank you very much for listening. Stay safe. Yeah, and stay, stay well. And good luck. Bye.